Three Songs Podcast. Three Songs. Three Songs Podcast. Three Songs. Three Songs. More than Here we go, what do you got? Mike. Bob. Three Songs Podcast. Are. Yeah. January 5th. Episode 39. Episode 39. That's right. Yeah. We're here. You're, you're Bob Nastanovich. I'm Mike Hogan. It's our 39th episode, Bob. And we're going to do something. Well, we've kind of done it before with one artist, but we're each featuring separate artists you've brought three songs plus from the from one artist yeah yeah yeah. and i brought three songs from a different one so everything's a bit unnerving tonight that's okay unnerving is yeah that's that's it's a fair mood the weather is foul it's not even the weather but like uh yeah i don't know it doesn't my heart goes out to my favorite athlete sugar todd tonight who uh, just missed uh, qualifying for the United States Olympic team. Mm. She's come fourth in the uh, 500 meters, her best race. And uh, this is for Sugar Todd from Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, Well, you're going to start it off. You already kind of started it off with our intro there. You're going to start it off with someone in a band we've mentioned before but never played the greatest live performer i've ever seen in my life yeah tell me about it well i've never seen them i've never seen anybody take the stage like david yow in my life yeah yeah i've never seen anybody give more to a live performance like it's a huge inspiration to me like i've seen it since since i was a kid uh seen him many times like nobody Gives it all up like yeah, so, and I don't know who you're who you're gonna play, Peter Jeffries. I'm gonna do Peter Jeffries. You're gonna do yeah. David. Yeah, I was hinted it on that. Yeah, yeah, and you're uh, we're both going chronological, so you're starting. Not with, that not that both weren't surrounded by brilliant musicians. They were, they were, and they were. We're they, talking about a New Zealander and a Texan. That's right. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, and they were uh, contemporaries. Um, Scratch Acid. When was their first EP? First release was... Early 80s. Yeah, 82, 83. Yeah, it sounded about right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they started the same. We're talking about, I guess, like Austin and Stratford, New Zealand, which is a North Island place. Rural New Zealand, Peter Jeffries. Yep. And, of course, his brother Graham. Right. Yeah, who is a fine musician in his own right and, and, and went on to, you know, record under the name of the cake kitchen after he um, you know split from the bands with with peter but uh we're getting ahead of ourselves let's start with david well, Yao. I bet you could bake one hell of a pie yeah but uh anyways let's go with uh probably my favorite scratch acid song of all time a, owner's lament it's a beautiful one and it's ugly at the same time this is a ray f- washam fan david William sims Brett Bradford, David Yao. Fantastic song. Scratch Acid, Owner's Lament. 
David Yao. Nobody does a stage dive like David. Yeah. Still? Okay, so like, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yeah. No, I, I'm I sure. In the last, even the last, like, 60 days, he's been out there doing Yeah, it. he like, has. I know. Nobody, And he's not a big man. Like, I'm going to say he's, like, probably weighs in, like, at 5'3", 140. Okay. Strong unit. Yeah. He's a strong unit. But, like, nobody gets carried around the crowd like him. Nobody, like, finds people in the crowd like him. I've never seen anything like it. Never seen like it. Like, like, I mean, whew. Wow. Magical performer. Like, who can find you in the crowd, right? But I'll tell you some stories as the, as the show goes on, but let's let's introduce uh, Peter Jeffries to the audience. I will, but before we do, I just want to mention, I mean, Owner's Lament is just such a beautiful song. Starts yeah. out, starts out so, so beautifully, like so unlike any other. It's era. It's yeah, era. Unlike its era, unlike any other Texas punk song, for lack of a better term. I mean, it's just. No, it's, fair enough. Fair enough. It's beautiful. Beautiful. And then it gets ugly, but it still carries the beauty throughout. Like it's, it's. It's it's just I mean I'm somewhat speechless because you know well yeah I'm not that articulate but yeah makes it ugly he does well he does but like that's what makes the song it's it's that juxtaposition of the beauty and the ugliness at the same time well Ray Washam was one of the best rock and roll drummers of all time sure sure I'm no I'm not uh, believe me and and I've listened to that many times. And like thought, like how the hell could he do that? And I realized that there had to have been some studio twists, you know, yeah. for him to like hit the beats, like yeah. like he did. Yeah, I mean, Washington's amazing, and, and and you know, Dave Williamson's on the bass, and again, like it's a, it is, like you're saying, like it's just, it's a tremendous piece of music because it's like it is orchestral. It is. It really is. You know, I mean, in uh, we could go on. We could probably do a whole show just talking about that one song. But <laughs> yeah, well, um, I mean, like it's. Yeah. It, but there's, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna spank it in other places. We'll we'll, we'll we'll pivot to New Zealand. We'll come back to Scratch Acid and and Yow. Uh, Peter Jeffries, you know, is kind of a New Zealand legend, and his first band was with his brother um, Graham. And it was Nocturnal Projections. It was them and a couple other guys. And they were essentially a punk band, you know, kind of dark punk, Joy Division-esque. They released a few 7-inches, a couple 12-inches, and quickly split up uh, and then formed their next group, which I'll play as well, this kind of punishment. But this is uh, Nerve Ends and the Power Lines. Nerve Ends and Power Lines. It's from their first 7-inch, which was released in 1982. Uh, Let's check it out. It's Nocturnal Projections.
nocturnal projections. Peter Jeffries. Fantastic. Maybe, maybe, maybe what we're trying to capture here is the spirit of relentlessness. I, I think so. I think so. But also progression as musicians and growth and diversity too. At least, at least with with the, some of the Peter stuff. And I think, I think what you're oh, doing with, with David yeah. Yao too. Um, you know, I mean, in the early stuff. Well, you you started with one that well, was. These guys were like significant when we were boys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, they're you know a huge part of like, I mean, like you think about. Peter Jeffries had to have been a massive influence on his peers in New Zealand. For sure. Clean, clean and chills, for sure. Absolutely. Not to mention all the rest of them. With the exception, possible exception of, like, Chris Knox, I, uh, I think is, like, yeah, like a lot to himself, you know. Right. Like, I've always equated those guys, like, like, to me, Chris Knox is, like, America, or New Zealand's David Yao. Yeah, I think so. And in you know, Chris Knox was. We've talked about him a few times. We've never actually we'll do played a Chris him. Knox yeah. tribute show. I think like, we, I think we should. Soon. I mean, he's, like, he's been in so yeah. many different groups, and then his solo stuff. And he he was early early. Dude, he was like late seventies. No, I know, but er, like the early New Zealand scene that we're talking. Oh, there'd about. be no punk rock in New Zealand right. without Chris Knox. Right, right. So. um or at least it wouldn't be nearly the same. Uh, there might. I'm uh, knowing both men. Like yeah. I, I do have the absolute pleasure to know both men. They're two of my heroes. Really, Chris, Chris Knox and David Yao. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, two of my absolute, like an absolute pleasure. To, like know both of them. You're a lucky man. I mean, I'd like to think of myself as so, but like that's certainly the case. Like two of my huge inspirations, like. In, and certainly in music and, and everything in life, like two of the most fantastic people I've ever known, you know. Yeah. Knox and Yao. So, anyways, I'm going to go to Scratch Acid Berserker, which is, uh, you know, I'm going to play Mary Had a Little Drug Problem. Yeah. And, yeah. And, like, it's a feverish Yao moment. Like, this is like, this is Yao at his best, like, to me. Full on Yao. Yeah. Full frontal Yao. Let's do it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Let's FFY. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs>
1986 for that one, Bob. Absolute frenzy. Yeah. Absolute frenzy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I've, we've all seen a lot of great punk rock bands in our lives. Okay. Or, I mean, like, I have. Yeah, me too. And we've seen hard rock, like, punk rock bands and, like, scary punk rock bands and noisy punk rock bands. But, like, there's net, like, the frenetic nature of that music is just like, what in God's name? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. Fever pitch. It's like it's from another planet. When I first heard Scratch Acid, like I had, I really kind of had no, I had no barometer. I had well, nothing. They were scary when you first. Yeah, heard they kind of were. You know, that's I mean, the great thing about Yao is he put the friendly into the scary. <laughs> it was so. That's the amazing aspect of his talent. Like so much friendly into the scary. Like really? so approachable. Like really. Yes. Yeah. See, Absolute lovebird, like wow, one of the one of the friendliest people I've ever known. Huh, that's fantastic. Even because fantastic chef, great artist, wow, brilliant, brilliant human being. Like sits down, like takes the time for anybody that you put in front of his face. Like one of the most gracious people in the history of rock and roll. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, and that's not. I'm saying that like it's an absolute pleasure to be associated with him in any ways. One of my heroes, and like, I mean. In, I mean, I'll go to bat for, I mean, I don't, I don't even have to, like, you know, I just love him like a brother, you know, like, I was blessed with an older sister, I didn't have an older brother, like, but it was Texas, see, yeah. it was Texas, and that's one thing that we couldn't relate to, I can't relate to Texas, Yeah. like, my knowledge of Texas is, like, based upon people like Debbie Pastor and David Yao and, like, you know, and other people I've met from there, but like, you know, those are the two people that like, that I think of when I think of Texas. Well, I would imagine, see, it's, it's funny that you say that because I've never met David Yao. I only know him from his music. Yeah. Uh, And the, the image that I have of him, you, you say he's a small man. I imagine this larger than life presence. Oh, no, he's a TV. Yeah, but you, you know what I mean. Like, like <laughs> fr- from his from his music, like I imagine almost like a Gary Floyd, you know, three hundred pound behemoth, like scary, scary, uh, you know. And I think Gary Floyd from the the Dicks, of course, is he's kind of a big teddy bear, but like just this this big personality this big scary presence so it's it's nice to hear that uh, that's, that's oh not... yeah it's like a reptile yeah yeah he's like a human iguana to me like okay <laughs> you know and i'll tell you some funny stories but go ahead and play your next all song. right yeah so uh after nocturnal projections graham and in peter jeffries they formed this kind of punishment, um, released a few albums, including a couple on Flying Nun, which strangely enough, I mean, we tend to think of Flying Nun as, as kind of the poppier end of things. Uh, these are some dark records that um, later got... I think re- Flying Nun was always covering everything cool going on in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think what stuck was the poppier stuff, but, uh, but this was certainly... Right. Um, you know, uh, nocturnal projections were were much more of the straight ahead punk. This became, you know, just kind of moodier, darker, uh, a little bit more experimental in ways, but still very much based in the song form. 
Uh, I'm going to play a song called Don't Go. Uh, I think it came out in 83, 84, somewhere around then. Uh, But it definitely shows, even in a couple years, the progression Peter Jeffries had, and Graham, for that matter, from, from what we heard with Nocturnal Projections. So here we go. Check this one out. Perfect.
drums and vocals there for Peter Jeffries. This kind of punishment. Wow. Don't go. Yeah. Yeah. That's like three songs in one. Kinda. Oh, it kind of reminded me of like uh, obviously of Joy Division. Yes, they definitely have a Joy Division bent to them. Which is no hell. It's a good move. It's a good move. <laughs> yeah, and I think they'd be the first, or Peter would be the first to say that. In fact... I mean, how exciting would, would that have been to see live? I know, I know. Uh, you know, I think there like, are they some... They must have rocked Auckland with that kind of thing. I, I can only imagine. And, you know, here, here's... I don't know if anyone listening has the time or skills or wherewithal to do so, but I, I would love to see the definitive Peter Jeffries documentary. And there's a fantastic starting point, actually. Uh, and it's posted cool. to YouTube. Uh, it's an hour and 50-minute interview with Peter Jeffries where he goes through his whole career. It was recorded, I think, last October or November well, a year ago, so it's it's like 12, 14 months By old. who? By who? Uh, Audio Culture New Zealand conducted oh, okay. it and posted it. Uh, it it's only Power got... a documentarians. Yeah, it's only got about, you know, 250 views. But it's it's fantastic source material for somebody... T- it's oh, just... Same as us. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, but uh, fantastic source material. It's just Peter sitting there talking to a camera about his whole career. Um, fascinating stuff, completely like essential for anybody that's a fan at all of, of Peter. And he, he breaks it up. I mean, he goes chronologically and he talks about what was going on and what was, you know, what they were thinking and what they were doing and what the band was all about and his approach musically. And when he discovered the piano, you know, it's just, Somebody could take the the audio and put in live performance. It would make an amazing documentary. So, hopefully, that might be your job, Mike. Uh, if I were a documentarian and if I knew what I was doing, maybe. I mean, maybe I could collaborate with somebody. But um, resources are a factor. They are a factor, and they skills are a, are a factor too. So, uh, anyway, good good stuff there. Uh, you know, and as you can tell, I'm a, a big fan of of Peter's work and. His career, so deservedly so. I'm going to shift this into a different phase of David Yao's career. This is when he went from Austin to Chicago, and uh, what he's still what he's done recently is the Jesus Lizard. Yeah, well, that's probably what he's best known for, right? Yeah, I guess so. At this point, and and let's go ahead and kick it off with mouth mouth breather. Okay, we'll we'll do that, and then we'll talk. Yeah.
Okay, those are the drums of Back Back McNeely. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. Right, and of course the guitar of Dwayne Dennison. Mm-hmm. And David Williamson's on the bass guitar. That's right. And like I, I'm going to mention a one of the best drummers I've ever known in my life, Sarah Lund, who's in a band called Unwound. Of course. Yeah. Fantastic band. Amazing band. Yeah. Do you ever see them? Oh yeah. Many times. You, you're talking Northwest, man. So well, yeah, exactly. So they they've they Lund. slept on the floor of my Eugene, Oregon apartment. I think a few times. I remember after a show one time, I made a huge pot of spaghetti. Oh, there you go. Yeah, keep them going with the carbs. <laughs> exactly. Sarah Lund's from Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, she is. That's true. Midwestern girl. Yeah. And like her favorite drummer is Mac. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, whoa, she's right up there with Janet Weiss. She, like, she's right up there, one of the greatest rock and roll drummers of all time. She's really okay. good, yeah. And then Dwayne. Okay, so like, go ahead and spin seven versus eight. All right, let's do it. Off of head. Ladies.
Maybe it's the cold weather, but our show has gotten very bombastic. <laughs> yeah. Seven yeah. versus so eight. So I'm going to tell you a story real quick. Do it. Okay. So when I was like 24 years old, okay, so I'm, I'm like in Maxwell's in Hoboken, like, and Jesus are playing. And uh, Yao needed a cigarette. I gave him one, right? So like an hour and a half later, like, I'm sitting in front of a urinal, and uh, I said, hey, how you doing? He, he looked at me, he said, you're the dude that gave me the cigarette. And I said, I was, and he handed me a cigarette. So like, that's, that's all beside the point. But uh, advance it like about eight months, okay? So like, I stole Jeffrey Honker's car, the dude who was visiting me from Tampa. Okay, I stole his car. Okay. And just which for was fun. a bad move. Just very bad. Just because no no backstory to steal in the car. Just you just decided to. Uh, I'm gonna tell you why. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So because uh, butthole surfers were playing on Broadway. <laughs> okay. Okay. And it was the Pepper era. Uh huh. Right. Sure. And I have to get my dates right on all that kind of thing. But early nineties, like, right? So they they played like Late Pepper 80s? second, and everybody left. And I was like, hold on a second. I'm going to leave here right now. Two. I'm going to leave with them, too. I'm going to return Jeff Honker's car. And okay. I'm going to go to Maxwell's and see Jesus Lizard open for Nirvana. Okay. You know? Sure. Yeah, which I did. Yeah. And I I managed to get in there right when, when the Lizard started. Okay. And it was fantastic. And then... Everybody streamed and it got to be too packed, and I left for Nirvana. You know. Yeah. You were doing the same thing. Yeah, you know, I did. I actually did see Nirvana. I saw Nirvana a couple times, but both times I saw them when they were opening acts. I saw them open for um, Dinosaur Junior once. And Where I, was that? Where that, was that? Um, you know, both times were at the Warfield in San Francisco. Um, oh yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, they opened for Dinosaur Jr. once, and then they opened for Sonic Youth another time. Uh, they played in between. Did they get a fair shake in the house when they opened for Sonic Youth? Could you hear them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the main thing I remember, because, you know, I, I like I knew Bleach. I was a fan, but, like, you know, I mean, I didn't know the, the album and the songs that well. Like, they were playing a lot of, it was right before, I think it was after they'd recorded Nevermind, but hadn't released, certainly hadn't released it yet. So they were playing a lot of songs I didn't know. The, the, it's the, all pre-Grohl, pre-Grohl. No, I think Grohl had just joined the band, yeah, because yeah. they definitely had already recorded uh, Nevermind. Um, and the main thing I remember, the main thing that stuck with me on their performances was, God, that bass player is really fucking tall. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a big unit. Yeah. He's a big unit. Um, yeah, good dude. Good yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah. That was that was like the the lasting impression of both of their performances. But uh, but you know they they were they were good. But yeah, if it was a crush of of craziness, you know. I well, know. I mean, I'll tell you my uh, Nirvana stories when I introduced Silver Juice to our program. Okay. But uh, yeah. anyways, go ahead with a. Uh, what, what, take us back to our homeland. I'll, I'll, I'll play some more Peter. Um, That's so, why you should. Of course, after after Graham and Peter split from their, their bands, Peter put out 
some fantastic solo records, the first of which is an album called... Hold on, what, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. Mouth Breather is about Britt Walford from Slint. Ah, okay. Mouth Breather. Yeah. So yes. anyways, go ahead. That's right. Yeah. I knew it was about someone famous. I couldn't remember who. He's not that famous. Well... He's about as famous as you and I are. Famous, no. Well, he's more famous than better musicians. He's, he's more famous than me, be. for sure. I mean, we've talked about Britt Walford a number of times on the oh, show. Oh, Britt's here. a great guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, anyways, back to your, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, Peter, Peter Jeffrey's first solo record came out in 1990 and it was, it was a solo record, but it was also a collaboration. I mean, it had members of the Dead Sea on it and, you know, Ooh. but it was, it was him. Uh, and, uh, it's a fantastic record. It's one of my favorites, actually. Like I could play this whole record and talk about every one of the songs. It was really hard to figure out what song I wanted to pick from it. Um, oh, a tough choice. We'll play a couple. Well, maybe I will. Um, one of the... We should probably big, play something mellow. Do you have uh, any mellow to play? Because Lord knows this has been a yeah, I'll play, okay, I'll play two. I'll play. I wasn't gonna play this one, but I'll, I'll I'll pivot to it because it's probably the best known of the songs from the record, and that's partly because it was covered by Cat Power. Uh, on her what would the community think record uh great record it is a great record um and she does a very good version fine version of this song no problems with it but go on sean i love uh i love peter's original um it's called the fate of the human carbine uh and i'll play it of money all the time He's doing it to annoy her She's on his conscience day and night So he acts Like her lawyer Tomorrow he's sure to be a smart fellow Keep the bastards guessing a hole in the wall Just to watch his heart undressing He likes to take the long way home It's another fine decision Seven, he'll be all alone So he turns on television Doesn't even notice as the hour rolls by Gets lost inside the screen Dream 
sure to be a smart fellow Keep the bastards guessing They all come and peep through a hole in the wall Because the view looks so impressive Hey Mike. Hey Bob. We're afraid I've done, I've done a Des Moines remix of that tonight. That's okay. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. We're good. Uh, that's a. I, that's just a beautiful song. Oh God. That's just. I a, was enjoying it so much I refused to hit the, the mute button. <laughs> that's okay. I was taking pictures of my of Mr. Ghost, yeah. our canine hero. One of our two canine heroes napping. Uh, yeah, he's a humdinger, that one. Uh, how's Ragsy tonight? She's good. She's she's napping on the couch in her usual spot. So, yeah, all good. God bless her. God bless and, Ghosty, uh, too. Yeah, and also I'm going to close the show out with David Yao. He made a solo record in 2013 upon the encouragement of Mike Patton from Faith No More. Right? Yeah. And... Uh, he, and this is going to lead us into the next wave. A tribute to Yao and Jeffrey's magical. Yeah. And a little bit too hard on, on a lot, probably a lot of our listeners' ears, but like, say la vie. And uh, I'll just lead us out with Yao going solo from his record in 2013. This one's called Roundhouse. Yeah. From my vantage point, the top of the hill, I was able to see that the enemy had been completely I like that. That was cool. That was definitely, cool. A, definitely a slint tribute. Yeah. Um, 
Definitely I, such a review. I had no idea he put out a recent record. Uh, I'll have to check that one out for sure. Actually, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna call an auto. I'm gonna I'm gonna close this out. I, I hadn't been planning on playing Fate of the Human Carbine. I wanted to play Chain of Reaction. There you go. From Last Great Challenge in the Dull World. It's gonna. It's it's you know Peter embraced the piano. And oh, I love yeah. I love this song because he uses the piano as a percussion instrument, and it still rocks pretty hard. So here you go. We'll close it out with this one. Thanks everyone for love listening. Love you, mate. See you soon. Thanks, Bob. Yeah. Thank you.